Wow, we've been uh, praising all night the return of a leader of men, a champion of all causes, the effervescent, the king, the master of ceremonies, ringleader, bass fisherman, beer-drinking barbecue specialist, genius, talented, entertaining, the return of serve, the return of glory, the return of... TC and Jake... Have been doing a little bass fishing, so that's all accurate. Barbecuing? Have you done any of that? Yeah, uh, I'm a beer drinking barbecue salesman, master. I don't know. What's he say? I don't know. It doesn't seem that impressive to me if it was just to be salesman. Yeah, yeah. That's not. I. What's the most impressive kind of salesman in your opinion? Is there uh, something? Is there uh, a word? Arms. Arms salesman. Oh, okay. I thought. Like, I, I thought you meant like prosthetics. You mean guns? Yeah, like uh, it, basically an arms dealer is just a salesman, right? Yeah, that's true in a way. I would say arms salesman, uh, or just anything that deals with you selling war. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I guess I, I don't know. Even then, like, if I met an arms salesman, I'd be like, you're just a fucking salesman, dude. I don't know. Yeah, to but respect I'm, you. Okay, but we're on the spectrum of salesmen, though. I know, but I just want to know if there's a word you could affix to salesman where you would break out of that. And if, okay, if you well, can't on arms, then. Eh. That's a good point. Maybe if you can't on arms, because if you can, if you can foment a coup. And that that doesn't impress you, then you're not going to be impressed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if they if they were primarily a coup fomenter, but they like uh, Sam of the Quaker City Nighthawks. I'm sure he's said this, you know, a couple times. The way he said it, it sounded like it probably wasn't the first time. But uh, you know, one one night was just like, listen, man, I'm pretty much just an alcohol salesman. And if it was like that, where like you were going around like fomenting coups for the CIA, but you had kind of like a resigned, like when, you know, when it gets down to brass tacks, I'm pretty much just an arms salesman. Then I like he'd be kind of lying, you know. Like Sam is not uh, actually just a, an alcohol salesman, you know. Like he's he's making music that helps people understand the human condition, and he's being humorous in uh, short selling that. Um, and so, yeah, I guess if someone was doing that in a similar way about arms dealers, then, then yeah, I would, I would say that's, that's different. I don't want to meet the, the nihilistic arms dealer, the guy who's like, oh, all I'm doing is just, I would just move, you know, widget A to receiver B. I want a guy who's coming in dick hard, like, look, I don't really have any politics in, 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 uh, in play here, but I just, I help. I help topple democratically elected regimes. I mean, that's that feels that feels like the way they should carry it. Yeah, but dude, maybe good leaders me, protect you dealer. from having to use guns. That's why I take them out with How's guns. Ironically, dude, it's so great. I mean, you know, you know, you know, I love the beach. Um, you've uh, you have been to Galveston. Uh, in a, is, is there anywhere else I've missed in addition to Galveston uh, as far as your uh, your child seeing the water? Uh, yeah. Uh, did you take a Florida trip? 
Yeah, I can't remember. It wasn't Gulf Shores, but it was like Perdido Bay, Orange Bay. It was around that area, around okay. where we go, but further in. Yeah, she she saw that pretty early, which was still. Um, there was a my, my wife posted an Instagram video or a photo of me holding the child in the water, and uh, you know, obviously had the top popped. And probably like the nicest thing and maybe one of the only nice things you've ever said to me or about me was whenever you commented, uh, are you able to take those guns across state lines? <laughs> and I don't think it was ironic. I think I looked fucking yoked in that picture. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she did, she did that one. And I guess that's it. As long as like the splash pad doesn't count. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, if they like the splash pad, then, like, wait till they see that. You know, it's like, it's all part of the same thing, right? Um, but just, uh, I, I, this is paradise, dude. My kid couldn't love it more. Um, ever around here, I, I've, I have learned that if it's not a hangout weekend, that Gulf Shores is, in fact, a family-friendly place. Yeah. And uh, that, because, like, <clears throat> everyone's same setup as us, you know, like, all up and down the beach. It's just, you know, parents and kids. And, uh, you know, my, uh, brother's kid, uh, his, his daughter, um, certainly has some questions about the waves, you know, and like, uh, if they're a certain height, she is way out. Um, so I, I'm just establishing that, uh, I understand this is not a universal experience that there's like some kids that like water more and some that like water less. Uh, but Izzy fucking loves it, dude. She loves it as much as I do. Uh, and you know, you know. Uh, whatever we are in Gulf Shores, as far as the person most likely to be wanting to wave in, uh, wade in up to their neck and just get tossed around, just look at those big waves and say, fuck me up, bad boy. <laughs> that's, uh, that's me. That's where I like being. And now Definitely. I just do that with her on my shoulders and she fucking loves it. I've seen you do it in the dead of night. <laughs> I uh, it was dusk yesterday when I was really getting down to it, but I I think tonight uh, th this seems like the right time for an 11 p.m. Let's find out how many uh, nocturnal fish there are here, and you know just knock it out. Yeah, no, last night at dusk I was uh, I don't know, you know, I mean this is satire, okay? If we got any censors or employers <laughs> listening. Uh, but yeah, popped an edible and just started walking around down there. This was the family was at uh dinner, like whatever, it's the whole thing. Um, but you weren't well, I mean, like me and Megan had gone to lunch, and so like we were on a different schedule from everyone else. The dude, I mean, I guess I can just say Adam, uh, who uh, got me the job in Pensacola, you know, I mean, if I'm this close, I want to hang out and see him. So we got lunch with Adam. And at that point, like whenever we arrived home from the lunch, my parents were like, hey, we're going to dinner. And I'm like, okay, I don't think that that would be ideal for me. Um, and so, yeah, it was just uh, me, Megan, and I, I'm trying to remember, I think that Izzy was here the whole time and just like hanging. Um, but anyways, it was a situation where most of the people were away from the thing. It wasn't weird if I popped an edible and walked on the beach for a while. I did. Um, and, uh, yeah, dude, just like, uh, I, I figured out a new like roller coaster ride thing where if you can get, cause I'll, I do always love going out there and just floating, just, you know, like taking a big breath of air so your lungs are full of air and you're buoyant and kind of, you know, throw your feet back and you can just drift on top there. And, uh, 
I don't know how I'd never really gotten like sucked into the, I think that most of the time when I'm getting close to the shore, I'll just like, uh, stop doing it and paddle out a little farther. So I don't end up in it. But I, I was just making a, a game of intentionally getting caught in the part of the beach where the largest waves are being made and just trying to float on top and finding out that they will. In fact, if you get a big enough one, spin you around a full 360 degrees, like just if you can be floating at the top of that curl when it curls it'll just uh spin you it's a it's a hell of a time brother i, I recommend yeah i don't know that sounds close to death <laughs> yeah it's what we're looking for i mean most fun stuff is what's a fucking roller coaster dude yeah and i i've vowed to never get back on one of those unfortunate so whenever we take joint family vacations to uh six flags it's just gonna be me and the kids uh yeah i mean i'll go get the uh damn dude what were those called they used to have i think they had them as six flags um churros oh shit pink things pink things do you remember the, do you remember the pink i do thing not remember cream? pink things damn they were phenomenal look it up if you ever uh if you're ever uh curious about like maybe the only concoction that was ranked above the dip and dot i would just i would go nuts over the pink thing ice cream we got a little dipping dot uh, cart not too far from the uh, from where we're staying over here. They're still cooking, huh? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I mean, the future is always the future. That's the thing to remember. That is true. It never gets here. Yeah, I'm a uh, nips high guy when it comes to the ocean. That's about as. And I used to be all in, but I'm I'm down to nips high. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like as a kid, I don't know why anyone would let me do this. I feel like I would always be like not really able to stand most of the time. And I don't know, I don't have the energy for that anymore. But I don't know, I I wish I did live down here. I think they would have a positive impact on my energy levels generally. Like just whenever I'm sitting in Dallas, I mean, there are things that people do to get physical activity in Dallas, Texas. I just hope, I, I know that I don't enjoy them as much as swimming in the ocean. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I just I just get out and do so much more stuff. You'd be and fucking I don't, ripped. I don't think I would be ripped. I think that, you know, I mean, like my caloric intake would not change. If anything, it would go up. Um, but I think that there's some amount of like uh, weighing the same weight, but like your cardiovascular system just works a little better. I think that's yeah. what I would get. Well, there's also the fact that the ocean, the Gulf, sorry, Adam, uh, <laughs> is is cold. And we know from whim that that does put your cardiovascular uh, system into a little bit more of a stress position. And I've been doing that every day, by the way, dude. I'm feeling the pretty water? good. The uh, Both the breath and the water. Do you do them simultaneously? No, I do one, then I get in the shower. Okay. I do it after running. Yeah, because you're not supposed to do it standing up. They will tell you that. No, and like they even uh, like Dan when Dan first told me that he was like trying to, he was like, "Yeah, I was in my car." I was like, "I don't know. You should not do that. Like, you should not. You're gonna pass out in your car." Yeah. Kind of the worst place I could imagine passing out. Yeah, yeah. Even if you're just dipping the toes a little bit. Let me ask you uh, a very open ended question that i have no answer for so this comes to me from uh from two different sources one is 
Uh, the cartoon world. PBS Kids, big player in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other is I learned about a, a TV show that apparently was on Netflix called Kim's Convenience. Okay, yeah, yeah, I've seen the tweets or whatever. Okay. Not a CanCon so, guy myself. I don't know who that is. Canadian content. Okay, they actually have a word for it. That is way less cool than Bollywood. In uh, that's a great point. Uh, no, in in Canada, there's government laws about how much American shit can be shown on television. Because if there weren't, that's all it would be, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, so they they have like you can only show so much. There's a requirement that you put on Canadian content, and I believe that is why they uh, have found it necessary to shorten the word into something fun and poppy like CanCon. And that's how probably also how people convinced themselves that Kids in the Hall was funny. <laughs> yeah, certainly how uh, Drake got because a job. Yeah, there you go. So uh, when you see cartoons, I, we joked about this uh, a few months ago. I don't remember if we talked about it uh, on the podcast or just texted about it, Twitter or whatever, that people were mad that Bluey lacked representation. Bluey? The TV, the dog-based TV show, the, they're Australian dogs, okay. Um, which makes the the whole thing that much more ridiculous. But when you see cartoons that uh, that are attempting to be representative and not attempting to do so in a comedic, uh, like token on South Park way, do you do you ever think about how dicey it is to try to get that right? Because when you're trying to make somebody look more like their ethnicity, you have decisions to make. Ooh, yeah. No, I had not thought about this, but uh, yeah. And so and actually, it was, it, it was Kristen that actually asked me about it. And, and I think that also goes to their vocal affect. And how exactly do you t- walk the line of like, which is better to just make essentially everybody look and sound the same, but have different, you know, animated pigmentation? Or do you make people look possibly more or sound more like people uh, of their ethnicity or demographic with their dialect and possibly even their facial features or whatever the case may be. And, you know, the reason I bring up the Kim's convenience thing is just because I had no idea about this show, but apparently it's primarily a depiction of Korean Canadians. But the uh, several of the the co-stars were upset that the production team was overwhelmingly white and that they had overtly racist storylines. And I even thought about this a couple of months ago when I first saw ads for, uh, there was a, a, a network sitcom. I would almost promise you it only made it one year, if that. And the crux of the storyline was a, uh, a, a, a veteran of either Iraq or Afghanistan had come home and some years later, actually got a visa for his translator while he was overseas. Okay. And this was supposed to be like a funny family comedy, but they got a guy who I don't know if he was uh, Afghani or if he was uh, if he was you know Middle Eastern. But it's like he's going to come live with the family, and he had kind of like some wacky lines about. It. <laughs> My point was, Try to and put I a guess goat is, in the car. is it better? Is it better? When shows even try, or is it worse because they almost invariably get it wrong? 
or whatever wrong is, right? Like, so this Kim's Convenience Show seems like it was almost exclusively, you know, Korean actors, Korean American, Korean Canadian, whatever the case may be, but that the storylines they felt like were, were, were racist, frankly. And so I don't know, is it just the, the cartoon thing really set me down this path. Then I just started thinking about how it's a good idea because I do think representation matters for gender, for race, for sexuality. But I also think it's really hard to thread the needle. See, I, I, one, I, I think the easy way to handle all this, I, I've got a clear answer. Um, it's just have like whatever, uh, group you're trying to depict, just have the, that group staffing all positions throughout the entire creative process. You know, like if you have Korean writers and a Korean showrunner, uh, directing Korean actors, then, you know, I mean, like, of course, Korean people can make mistakes the same way that everyone can and can, you know, like uh, result in something cringe, but like probably not. You know, it seems way fucking safer than having white people be like, hey, Korean actors, say this shit. It's what we think Koreans would say. Um, yeah, no, that's worse. But I think even in my own uh, moral dilemma here, I, I think that I would worry that you're now treating uh, whatever culture as a complete monolith well if we're fucking worried about that then like uh, that to me highlights how stupid this entire fucking thing is i mean like you know clumsy depictions of other races are bad and i'm not in favor of them but like attempting to have some kind of like now we've accurately captured a cosmopolitan vision of of racial equality like you're just not gonna get there like yeah, dude, no fucking, no person is their race. There's like a fucking, a ton of other things about them, um, of which race, you know, to varying degrees plays, I mean, plenty of times, just like a middling part, you know, like, uh, I think the class stuff tends to matter about as much. Um, and I mean, like, you know, uh, <clears throat> I've noticed that there's a lot of musicians who uh, have children, and then those children also become musicians. Do you think like the important, the most, the big, big thing driving their life was the fact that their parent was a certain race, or do you think it was that they were a musician? You know, um, sure. So yeah, I mean, I just yeah, I, I I think that if you're trying, if I think that if you if your view is that every like every black person you see is like part of the black person group who all have shared characteristics and viewpoints. And then you try to execute that vision in a creative way. Um, I think it's going to fail because you're just wrong about your underlying assumption that all black people share certain characteristics, you know, like aside from the color of their skin and even there, there's plenty of variety, uh, you know, like it's, uh, there's just a lot of fucking differences between people. Yeah, the cartoon one is rough, is is tough to me, though, because is the idea now that you need, and maybe this is not a bad idea. Because they're all kind of caricatures like, anyways, like all cartoon exactly. characters. Yeah, exactly. And when you already have, you know, dis, disenfranchised or disadvantaged groups that are used to being caricatured for entertainment, and now, so do you have to essentially hire 
an illustrator or an animator for each specific group <laughs> that you attempt to depict on the show. And you might even need it's not a terrible email. idea. I don't know. It's not a terrible idea. It is. It just sounds like it would be very cumbersome to me because you can tell now yeah. that shows do try a lot harder like kid shows. Yes. And even with that, Bluey, which again is a family of Australian dogs. <laughs> was was being heavily criticized for not having enough representation, and I'll tell you what makes it. I don't uh, think there's even, any representation in like do, like packs of Australian dogs. <laughs> no, like they're all just what, Australian dogs, brother. What makes it even funnier to me is for a long time, and maybe this is just my own biases. So it's a it's a dad and a mom. The dad's real beaten, which is why I love the show. But he's all sweet, you know. Even though he's 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 kind of like uh, he has a very like uh, I'm trying to think like. Would you see him at Fuzzy's waiting on the family's uh, to go order? Yeah, at house and a, a big boy. He just uh -huh. seems like every beaten uh, TGIF dad. Mm -hmm. But so the protagonist here, the. Uh, the protagonist for which the show is named after, Bluey. I found out like two weeks ago, Bluey's the daughter and the sister. I thought Bluey was a was the son and the brother. I have no fucking idea because they all sound like cartoons. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. it, just, it, it just struck me as odd that a show where I didn't even know the intended gender of one of the Australian dogs accurately after watching 50 episodes that they were catching heat over uh over representation and then uh and then i blew my head off yeah i i've been struggling uh, like as we talk about stuff like this which we do often enough um i i have a thought in the back of my mind and i've been struggling to find a way to say it that like accurately captures um the point i'm trying to make without like uh being inconsiderate or offensive because I don't mean to be inconsiderate or offensive, and I think that there is a truth here that I would like to examine, but like, you know, if I'm clumsy about it, then we're probably not going to be able to do that. Um, so, you know, I just, I don't know, dude. I, I think that there should be more tolerance of like the, what appears to be to me um, like a fact of our existence that like, not exclusively, but like that obviously people tend to want to be like around members of their race more often. And that like forcing a mixture is not like a universally positive thing. You know, like, like if you take that too far, like you'll be on stormfront.com every day. And that's There's not also where I a lot go. of research that would say that on balance, it is a positive thing. Yeah, yeah, like that that if if we all just like stay in our lanes and stay in our groups then like the groups that don't already have all of the power and money are going to be fucked. For sure. You know, like I'm not saying this about like, you know, the fucking boardroom composition ought to be just white because people like being around other members of their group. Uh, you know, like there's there's big uh I I'm I'm mainly talking about like socially. And like I don't know, dude, that stuff fucking relates to income too, you know? Like if you like uh, I, I, my current position was, I feel I arrived at somewhat because of social connections. You know, I think that's common enough for most people. Um, and, uh, you know, so, so yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but like, I don't like just, just how, how, as I'm watching the same shows you're watching where every single show, uh, is aiming for like an exact 
precise. It's not a bad goal to have like a, a mix in every show, but like, I don't know, dude, it's also not the end of the world if, you know, fucking um, Asian people just hang out with other Asian people because like, I think that that does happen a decent amount. And uh, I don't, I don't think that like trying to wash that out of media is, I don't know. I just, I feel like most art should be trying to depict life as it is. Right. Is there anything mm, to what I'm saying? Yeah, certainly. But that is of course the, the heart of this is should it be, a representation of what you would consider a more vibrant society or of the one that exists. And I think it's all, you know, obviously the, the heart of this for 60 years now has been schools. Um, and it was, I want to say pretty early in, in the Bush administration where they rolled back the thresholds and the, you know, legal requirements for attempts at, at school integration. And those those things had been on the books for a really, really long time. And I remember reading that because that was the first time I'd ever been presented with the idea that there are, you know, tangible effects, um, but not just on the uh, those in a, a disenfranchised position, that it infects those in positions of power in ways. And by that, I'm talking about like 10 year old white kids. <laughs> yeah, like it, inf- it, it impacts them positively. Uh, as well. It's not necessarily a zero sum game. It's that empathy, blah, 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 and down the line. So I don't really know. DJ TJ's on a cameo. Hell yeah. How come you aren't playing it for me right now? Well, so I wanted to talk to you about this. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's pull up because the rates are a bit uh, variable. Whatever it is, dude. I know. So that was my thought was that we we would agree to split, you know, 6,000 each. I'm in. Uh, he's currently, he's currently, and of course we're we're speaking of the father, patriot, outdoorsman, businessman, political commentator, and number one New York Times bestselling author. Is that what it says? Yeah, uh, five hundred bucks. Motherfucker can't read. <laughs> no, 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 five hundred bucks. And I think I'm in for two fifty. Just take it, take a cut out of the next payment without telling me about it. Now, here's how. Here's yeah, no problem thing with that, that dude. That that's. Okay. I'm not even thinking twice. Yeah. Now it's really at this point, it's just about us getting down to the copy. Got to write the copy. Yeah, absolutely. Here's the part that I also they give us the option here to pay for this with four interest-free payments of 125 dollars each. Um, which I can't think of anything that says me and my essence more than financing a cameo of Donald Trump Jr. I like every single time those come up. I mean, whatever. I I'm sure that the people whoever came up with the idea of I'm going to take a forty dollar internet purchase and make it so that they can make it in four interest free payments of ten dollars a piece. Like, which it just seems to have like a switch flipped in the last like six months, maybe yeah. less. Where like every single thing, and I don't know, I'm just mad at myself for not coming up with that incredibly dumb idea that is obviously going to make people obscenely rich. Yeah. Now, I will tell you, for the big purchase, for like the new computer, if they'll give me 24 months financing, I will absolutely do that. Yeah, every computer I've ever had, I've had, yeah, like 24 months interest-free financing. 
That's but great. When, it's, when you whenever order, I'm buying a pair of board shorts and they let me split it up a couple times, like someone's doing that. And then of those people, someone's not paying for the board shorts. And some, and you know, like there's a dude who just like every single time that an absolute idiot doesn't pay for their board shorts gets a little bit richer. And there's enough yeah. of those idiots that that person is going to own this entire beach one day. And I just wish it was me. I, I mean, I really wish that you I've couldn't seen. do that at all. It's pretty sure. obviously predatory, but, uh, <laughs> you know, whatever. I think the dumbest one I've seen was, uh, and this is probably a little bit pricier purchase than the board shorts, which uh, it was uh, to finance my beard care kit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you like know, eight, I got to like care eight. for it now, but I don't have time to save. <laughs> It was like $85 for all four products. And it was like, you know, you can split this into four easy payments of twenty one. I mean, I got the like, beard now, so. God, you know. that's beaten. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the weird thing about DJ TJ's cameo, though, is that it's not just how beaten it would be to finance that. For for the low, low price of nineteen ninety nine, you can send him a DM. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, will you send him the video that I sent you? <laughs> of, of Megan? No, well, that one's good. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I captured a fun moment last night where uh, the only thing she said was, please don't say anything else about Palestine. Um, no, the, uh, the, the, the clip that's sweeping the internet um, where someone has cut up uh, Kamala Harris saying, don't come, don't come, and paired it with Trump saying, I'm going to come and the crowd's <laughs> cheering vigorously. See, I haven't heard the uh, the Kamala lead in. Oh, no. Let me uh, let me pull this thing up for you. Is this? Do I have it set up so it's going to get captured? Um, Probably not. Yes. No, I do. I'm, I'm very, very put together, smart guy when it comes to tech. Give me a second here. I'm pulling it. You know up. what's a real bummer is that you can't enjoy some nice coconut shrimp tonight. You're telling me, brother. That sounds so fucking good, man. Especially We're having down there, salmon. You know. Does that make any sense? No, it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> We're by the beach. So let's get something flown in from Alaska. Do not come. Nice Do not come. I'm going to come. <laughs> he does the hand wave i love do that so come. much yeah yeah dude let's do it again do not come i'm gonna come <laughs> can't stop me just right here folks oh man oh, how great is that it's about as great as the fact that no one in the lamestream media or the MSM, I can't decide which one of those I like more. Mm -hmm. No one will cover Hunter Biden using the N-word. Yeah, that is the thing that we could talk about with Donald J. Trump Jr. Um, because I've noticed that he talks about it fairly frequently. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I the fact he that he's so focused you know? he, on tr uh, president's sons is great. Sorry, what's up? No, I'm just saying Donald Donald Jr. just wants he just it's like me with the NBA. Just call it the same both ways. That's right. That's right. Yeah, That's yeah, all yeah. I'm really asking for. Yeah. 
You said I was a racist because I said that other races aren't as good, but now look at him. He uses the N-word in texts with his lawyer. Like, what's the fucking... <laughs> like, the, he always includes... Donald J. Trump Jr. has been on a tear, as all of his Instagram followers, such as myself, know, about uh, the, th- the texts uh, that Hunter Biden sent, apparently. I don't know. Um... But uh, yeah, it just always includes that, it, that the lawyer was the recipient of the N-word text. It seems uh, extraneous. It does. Uh, I also think obviously the biggest part of this is that DJ TJ has been an out front representative for his father, uh, begging for him to hug him by canvassing for him on cable news. And Hunter, they like they if they could keep keep Hunter Biden in a basement, they would. Yeah, no, that's true, and that's that's interesting. As like, uh, you know, I mean, this is a difficult needle to thread as well, but because I I can see lots of ways of going wrong, but it honestly, like, this has been a tough week in my mind for Joe Biden. Uh, I think he's made a lot of shitty decisions and continues to be a disappointment for as, as far as the uh, the change that I believe the country needs. But uh, it seems like he is a legitimately good father. I think that ever you know, pe- plenty of people have said that. Um, sure, like it. I I believe that he loves his son, and uh, I think his son knows it. You know, like I think that Joe shows him. Uh, whereas Donald J. Trump, yeah, like. I, I get how many do I have again? Fucking remind me. What are all their names? <laughs> right. Uh, Which is the one with the tits? <laughs> yeah. What's the What's the tit son? Um, <laughs> and uh, fucking uh, the the two. Yeah, I I think that's how we get kind of what you're talking about. Of like Hunter just goes and sort of leads his own life, and plenty of it's the administration strategically being like, yeah, no, the guy who had a fucking vision quest on his 10th day of a crack binge, maybe keep him away (laughs) from the cameras. Um, But it's also like if, if Hunter wanted to be on camera as much as Don Jr. clearly does, then he probably would be. Uh, But Don Jr. needs the camera to tell him like he needs the camera so he can hear uh, so he can get his message out to people who might one day love him the way that his father clearly does not. So it's a pretty pressing matter that we get to these cameras. Uh, And, you know, I just would say for anyone who out there considering a presidential run and what kind of ramifications that would have on the country, um, just emotionally abuse the shit out of your kids. It's way funnier. (laughs) That's the message I leave here with. Yeah. Well, actually, what's way funnier is that after you do that, they become master trolls because I had uh, missed this story at the time. But when uh, whenever Hunter was back in the news uh, these last couple days. I had missed that whenever he put out his memoir, which was primarily about his struggles with addiction and all sorts of other things. Yeah, that's why he called that, it My Struggle. No, it's called oh. Beautiful Things. Oh, I'm sorry. I was thinking of another book. <laughs> he, uh, he apparently said that when he was at his lowest point and he was out of, when he was out of rock, he would smoke Parmesan cheese. Hell yeah. <laughs> because it just looked like crack. <laughs> does it and apparently after or it looked like smoking cocaine and apparently after he uh apparently after that excerpt linked uh, uh leaked dj tj posted an instagram story where he had a lighter a pipe and a jar of parmesan cheese and said 
<laughs> Parents, God, don't let your kids do um, Parmesan. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, that is that is wonderful stuff. Do you um, want me to tell you about voting? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Please. No, but before we leave the Parmesan, um, oh, I, <laughs> I don't know if I've, uh, if I've told you this story before, but just it's so close and it's, it's, it's a short one. It'll just take two seconds. Um, the, probably after I'd smoked weed once, but probably hadn't smoked it twice, uh, some of my friends came over and were like, yo, dude, we scored. And like, you know, handed me a joint, like t- took me out into the woods, handed me a joint. And I should have known like they're, you know, whatever, dude, there's a lot of things as a 13 year old you should have known. They were looking at me way too expectantly. And yeah. the fact that, you know, they give you the joint first should always be a tip off. Um, but yeah, just smoke some straight oregano. And, you know, like after one puff, everyone's rolling on the ground laughing like fucking what an idiot. It's just oregano. And I'm like, I'm not an idiot. And then, uh, you know, the second that everyone calms down, it's like, all right, yeah, let's go get Andrew and make him smoke this. And no, no, I can call him an idiot. It's just great. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, I think typically there you have to wait until somebody starts acting like really high. Yeah, no, I mean, you know. They got to set the hook and let it let it ride a little longer. But you have good friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah we're, we're all uh, trying to learn our way in this world. Um, but yeah, I, I can't believe I forgot about the, uh, the voting story. I was in, it, it was difficult for me to wait to this point to hear about the details. And then by the time we got to this point, I'd entirely, uh, slipped my mind, but please, what are you, uh, what are you voting for? Uh, grapevine mayor? Nah, it was a school board position. Okay. Run yeah, off of the and, uh, grapevine school board or this was the primary yeah. election. Uh, well, no, I guess this actually was the primary election. Okay. Um, but there was primary oddly there. I'd mean like in opposed to runoff. Okay. No. Okay. Listen, it's the, it is the runoff. There's two people left and that's the only thing on the ballot. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, and to avoid, I don't know, it's a weird deal where we're publicly endorsing local candidates, whatever you can figure it out on your own. Um, there were two people running. One of them had been on the board for a while. Uh, I want to say five or six years, maybe longer than that. And then and whenever you go to their campaign website, did they list their primary accomplishment as getting the uh, textbooks to use the N word again? No, no, that was not the candidate that uh, that we're we're talking about here. And, and okay. I should be fair to say that that's neither one of them. Um, but so, yeah, it's a board of trustees position. And. Uh, we kind of got caught up in great in Grapevine and Grapevine Colleyville in the South Lake vortex uh-huh. of the the, uh, the the action plan for diversity and for tolerance. I don't even remember what they called it now. It had a funny name. Uh, so that that made its way over here, and it turned into you know much like it was in South Lake a uh, a, a campaign where. The incumbent really has no chance at dispelling the rumors and the charges by the opponent, by the challenger, because the challenger went right for jugular on critical race theory. Mm-hmm. Now, what's so frustrating about this, and this dynamic presents itself in a lot of things that we talk about, uh, but what, what what I find really frustrating about it is uh, – I think over the last couple of years, we've had a lot of conversations 
And some of them seemed like they were actually going to result in some headway in progress. And then I don't know that they really did. Although I guess what I'm about to say would show that they resulted in progress the other way. We're centered around, man, it's just kind of weird that there are a lot of events historically that involve race or involve class or involve state violence that we just don't learn anything about. And a lot of times you don't even really learn about them in college. Uh, but you definitely don't learn about them, you know, before college. And depending on, you know, what track you take in college, I would say there's a pretty good chance you just don't hear anything about anything that approaches what you would call critical race theory. So that doesn't exist. We have decried the fact that it, that nothing approaching that, let's say it's 10% of what actual critical race theory is. Nothing approaching that exists. Yet... <laughs> The opponent, the challenger, was able to run on the idea of keeping critical race theory out of the schools. So something that we're already like, man, feels like we should be learning a little bit more about the history of racial strife in this country uh, as we try to you know, raise the next generation. So you say that and then you're upset that it hasn't happened and the person who won one, because they were saying it's happening too much. Yeah. So it's, like you're, uh, you're it's saying incredibly that, like, frustrating uh, no one's there. teaching anything that you would say is like a, a real good, accurate version. Um, and so even like the, you know, kind of watered down one uh, was still too much for the guy to keep a seat. Am I? Yeah. And I don't even all? know that. Yeah, I think so. And, and I don't even know that, that the watered down one was being taught. It might even have just been being discussed like with Southlake. It was they actually had a plan, but the plan didn't have as much to do with uh, with actually curriculum as much as it did about bullying and, you know, intolerance and disciplining kids maybe a little bit harder if they're involved in a situation that seems like it's racially tinged. Like spanking them. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. You get a spank uh, or just how about doing something oh. at all? Okay. Um, and so, yeah, that, that, that's, what's so frustrating to me about it. And, and so, you know, I voted my local rec center and I went up there Saturday, like around, Wait, I think it was like quick around. time out before we get to the, the actual thing. Um, critical race theory. Like I, can, can you tell me what it is? Like I, I like I, I've, I've Googled it, uh, before, but like it, it seems like uh, an Antifa, and I mean, I guess you're kind of summing it up as like you know we're trying to, uh, you know, teach about things like the Tulsa massacre and just give people a accurate depiction of uh, the history of the country. But like, I don't know. It's just it it strikes me as uh, I think that there's a lot of things that uh, Fox News gets worked up about where the people that they're trying to get worked up are so incurious. They're not curious that uh, they don't ever have to mess with uh, putting down a definition. Cancel culture as well, you know, um, like just in, in political correctness before that, where I, I, don't, I don't know what critical race theory is and the people yelling that it's going to bring an end to uh, Western civilization, I'm not sure that they could define it for me. Is that your experience? Yeah, and, and that was ultimately what my uh, – conflict in the parking lot came down to. Um, so maybe I can weave all this together for you, but you know, 
I appreciate that there are people that are fired up about supporting candidates and about supporting campaigns and, uh, you know, GOTV, which I learned about from TC. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also think that when you approach someone in a parking lot outside of a polling place, fully new, and you begin to and you begin to question them about your your beliefs, and they start to explain their beliefs to you, I kind of feel like that's a space where politeness is not really required. Yeah, because like if he's initiating a conversation about politics with a stranger, I would say he has lost the right to expect the kind of normal politeness that you would extend. That's a perfect way to put it. And so obviously you know how this starts. They say, do you know who you're voting for today? And uh, I said, yes. And they said, would you mind telling us? And I said, I would not mind. So I told them. And they said, why? <laughs> so now we've we've really opened up uh, to be a different level of decorum Listen, here. But I didn't set I a bunch of yeah, kind of a tight schedule. Did you tell them about the list? Your Saturday list. My Saturday list. No, I I already knocked out a couple items. This on isn't it, so, on the Saturday uh, list. Explaining to, to, to you had time. why I'm voting for this person. Uh, and at this point, I uh, you know I was not thrilled to be being engaged, but. At the same time, very much was. And so my first answer was, well, I'm not voting for the Q lady on your sign. And they didn't that, That's a good that, one. <laughs> Wait, obviously. I mean, what could they say? Were they saying she's not a Q lady or? Yeah. You know, Q yeah, and I'm, I'm just conf- about I'm, community, really. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm conflating a couple of issues here. I understand that. Although I do think a lot of them intersect, as our guest last week discussed with us. But they were like, she's not a Q lady. And I was like, okay, well, then I'm voting for the lady that's campaigning uh, somewhat surreptitiously against critical race theory. And he so there's an older gentleman and a younger gentleman. Mm-hmm. And I would say the younger guy was probably 30. The older guy was probably 60. And uh, at which point, you know, they're like, so you support that you support. And they Me and my boy are already going to kick your ass, son. They already call it CRT. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Get the like, CRT out of our schools. Go to flat yeah, and he also That's a bad he, For a second, he took a little bit of a diversion, and he said, uh, you know, the candidate you're supporting also supports, you know, uh, several bonds that require higher taxes. I was like, I support all that. He was like, well, when does it end? How much taxes do you want to pay? And I was like, I just said, more. <laughs> <laughs> And it, 110 if I had it, brother. You you do have a moment in these sort of interactions where it is certainly not that I was uh, more intellectually sound than either one of these two people. However, I do think they had not had a whole lot of conversations with people like me, both that day and previously. Yeah, which is what they're trying to do, you know? It, uh, of course. So that's why I was a little bit more combative. Uh, and then so we got back to these like, so... You sports CRT. And, uh, you know, I said, uh, yeah, I mean, if you can explain to me what it is. And he's like, you first. And I felt like that was a <laughs> really no solid move. I have no burden to do anything here. <laughs> I came here to <laughs> vote. I you fe- asked me. But I felt it, though. Like, once he said you first, I was like, fuck, do I have to go first? And I was like, <laughs> I mean, seriously, dude, I was like, first. you tell me what this means to you. And I tweeted this, and it sounded like a joke. It wasn't. He started with privilege. He was like, it's about teaching a wheel of privilege. And if you have male privilege, 
then you know you're not good enough if you're a male. If you're white, then you have white privilege and you're not good enough. And then it just goes on around. White female, they're just privilege. And everybody who has this supposed privilege, they're on the wheel of privilege. And uh, it teaches that that's bad. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense, dude. I was like, but whatever. Uh, so <laughs> I was like, I'm going to start with the very simple definition of looking at the marquee. It is the theory that we should be critical about race rather than accepting what we have been told about race. And so like, you know, I started with that and he said, see, your answer is no more. Your answer just as simple as mine. Like he was satisfied that he had won the first round. And I said, I am scoring that for him. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And I, I was mean, like, he had a whole wheel, dude. His analogy was sick. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I just at this point, this younger guy has bowed out. He was like, we're not going to change his mind. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. OK, well, that's your that's your entire operating thing here is that you speak to someone hoping that you can change their mind. Once you realize that they, they can't, you have no interest in them. You're not interested in learning from them. That's not really your job on this uh, day. And I get that. But it was, you know, applying critical theory to race. Basically, I just told him it's asking questions about how the, the country, any country, but in particular today, we'll talk about America, ended up the way that it did with regard to race relations and asking whether or not, you know, what role institutions had in those things. It's very, it's really not that complicated of a concept. It's stopping and saying, uh, can we have a conversation about how much easier it is to be a white person in this country without making white people feel bad? And if you can't, so be it. But I think we should all be capable of having logic uh, sort sort through these things and not yeah. saying like, oh, I feel guilty and I need to feel you know, terrible about my life. I don't think you have to say that while also saying, boy, it certainly does seem like it's easier to be white in this country. And I said, to me, you have two options. You can look at the, the uh, outcomes for people of different races in this country and how disparate they are. And you can say, well... There must be some root cause for that. Uh, and then the path goes one of two ways. You could either say uh, there might be some societal issues, structural racism issues, actual uh, you know laws on the books. Or you can say, I find the other uh, the people who are receiving more negative outcomes to be an inferior race, at which point he said, I'm done with this. And I walked off. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I went in. I voted very quickly I'm done on my way this. back out. Uh, they were talking to some other rubes and uh, they both kind of like, you know, looked up uh. whenever I was walking by and they did kind of have a huh. And I waved and I said, fellas, you asked. <laughs> and that was yeah, my day. Dude, that's <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, I am just imagining like, you know, if if the campaign manager for that campaign is standing behind them as they're starting to like you know yell just <laughs> like how many other people walked by where like you could have possibly we just that kind of thing in general it's a it's an open question about whether or not you should have poll greeters because yes you're going to talk to voters but uh, the point is to talk to undecided voters and there are very few of those at polling places. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, there are some like it is possible that uh, I, I've I've heard of it happening, that someone's just walking in and is just kind of like going to vote based on whoever like uh, makes a good argument in the parking lot. 
But, uh, you know, if if you're there, you're there to do that kind of stuff, to try to talk to like this hypothetical um, undecided voter. And what's the point where you've clearly decided, then yeah, don't waste much time on him. And certainly don't fucking like go three questions deep. Like what a just a dumb use of your time. Uh, but I, I get the sense that like with a lot of political activity, I don't think that these gentlemen were keenly focused on the goal of winning the election. I think that they're, that they perceive there is a culture war out there and they would like sure. to participate in it. And if, whether or not we win this battle is really pretty fucking immaterial. I just want to get my knuckles bloody. Uh, and, and you know, if, to, if that's a fun way to spend your time, then fucking hang out at the grapevine wreck all day. And to be and to be totally fair, I don't know that what I was doing was that different. I just didn't go there to do that for, you know, to and against people. I went there to vote. You didn't ask so, them anything. I mean, I guess you asked them what critical race theory means to them. At that point, you are being sucked into their vortex. But I'm just saying, like, you're not going around other people out of the blue just being like, hey, what are your views? And then they say them and being yeah. like, no, those are dumb. <laughs> Yeah. I, to, again, I, that's why I think that the the dynamics of the of the interaction change a little bit because I think the only way to proceed for them is if I said I don't know whenever they asked who I'm voting for. You know, like, and I don't know who says that. Like you said, because you're at a polling place, you're not door to dooring, you're not canvassing, you're not uh, holding a town hall where people can come here dif- uh, to hear different ideas. You're literally just going there to do something you very likely already decided on. And particularly in a a race that was as hotly contested, uh, not just from the percentages of the outcome candidate that I support did not win. uh, But from the, the rhetoric of the, of the campaign, like when you're, when the whole thing is like, you know, dude, there's like literal flyers that have turned up in South Lake that are, neo-marxism scare tactic flyer like in the south lake town square like that this is this is what's happening here and it's just it's bonkers to me uh but it you know like i said today that day i think Nora was napping i felt like i had a little bit of time kristen was working on something at the house and i just thought oh okay well you have asked so i simply want to tell you that there are a group of us out there that don't think that the reason that people of certain races are receiving worse outcomes is just because they are dumb or lazy. And uh, if that's a wild concept to you, uh, that that's fine. But I would also go a step further and say, no matter who wins this election, none of the shit I'm telling you right now is going to be taught at Grapevine High School. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's not, it's not gonna going to matter either way. Grapevine High School. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just such a weird, weird interaction. But... Yeah, and I mean, I don't know, dude. I do think, like, I understand that it shouldn't be, like, the number one objective in any of these things. But uh, teaching it in such a way where you're avoiding, like, placing blame on anyone who's in the classroom now seems like a good idea to me. You know what I mean? Like, some kind of separation between, like, yes... Uh, you know, between the people taking the land from the Indians and the Indians, I can't acknowledge most of the students in this grapevine classroom look more like the land takers, but no one in here did anything wrong. Like, you know, we're, you didn't take the land. You didn't even know about it. Like, you know, just try tomorrow to not be the sort of person who takes other people's land. That's all. Which I, I again, acknowledge that that is a tough 
tightrope to walk. Like yeah. to to try to tell. And, and some that's people why, don't even <clears throat> appear to be trying. And you know, no. then I I would say at that point I am not in full agreement with them. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. It's just uh, if nothing else, I think that you you do a very light version of here's a little bit more accurate depiction of history in high school, and then you know maybe kids go into college with a little bit more little few more tools in the toolbox to process some of that stuff, but it didn't matter because none of that shit had anything to do with what we were talking about that day. That guy just realized that I was one of the aliens he'd been hearing about on television. And, uh, well, you could tell from the beard. Yeah, that probably didn't help me at all. I did think about that afterward. (laughs) Although I don't think that the long beard at this point, uh, denotes a, uh, political leaning, right? Like whichever politics you have, I assume you have them extremely based on the beard, but uh, plenty of Trump fans <laughs> with beards. Yeah, no, I mean, that's how I know when I see you and I can see you right now that you're a classic centrist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, nah, dude, I got the mustache. <laughs> okay. Barely off the center. It means I'm a pornographic actor. All right, well, enjoy your salmon. Hey, thanks, bud. What, do you, what, are the, what sides are we working with? Um, I mean, it's probably, I, I'm not a big side guy. I think that they might have, I know that I, I bought some broccoli, so I mean, not, not for me. Uh, I just did the, the grocery run for the family. So maybe they'll throw that together, but, uh, I, I will end by giving you a piece of information that it is not in my best interest to give you. And I'm not doing it for you. I'm doing it because I feel that we both owe, uh, a constant debt to the audience. Okay. And that's that I want to let you know that I'm going to go and I'm going to eat this salmon. And the second it's done, I'm going to come back up here to the bedroom I'm staying in. And I'm going to change into a pair of khaki pants with a button up top. Every other member in my family that's male is going to do the same thing. Oh, no. The ladies are going to put on white dresses. Oh, no, bro. We're going to take a family photo by the beach, Jake. Oh, no. How do you feel about that? Like yeah, someone's coming to take you. I hope I can avoid this. We're, we are doing family Galveston again later this summer. But now, if we do have to do it, I will tell you out of uh, duty. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. All right, man. I'll see you. All right. Yeah. That's it for tonight. The high school special is next. So until tomorrow, for everyone who's been a part of this one, I'm TC and Jake. We do thank you for watching. Good night.